0: This is Copilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Some shows just don't have the best pilot episode, and giving it that second
1: chance might just sway your mind. Here, we take that chance for you and let you know our opinion on if it deserves more than one shot.
0: I'm Justice, alongside me is my co pilot, Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff here. In Flight Entertainment this week will be Ozarks. Ozark? Ozarks? Ozark. No S. No S. But every time I hear someone talk about it, they say Ozarks. Because they go to the Ozarks. Anyways, roll intro music.
1: So yeah, um, I've always heard the show called Ozarks as well. Right? Like
0: our frequent flyer who told us about this one.
1: A friend of the show, Alex, also known as Logic Defender. He's been on the show once before. Yeah. When he's mentioned it to us, he said Ozarks, right? I'm pretty sure.
0: When our brother-in-law mentioned it to me, he called it Ozarks. 100%. And just when I've seen people talk about it in general, outside of even in person or like communicating directly to me, it has been... Ozarks. Yeah. I was certain that was the name of the show until I saw the fucking like name on Netflix and I was like, wait, there's no S? But also if your show takes place in the Ozarks, which is why you're naming it Ozark, why? Why are you dropping the S? You don't live in the Ozark, you live
1: in the Ozarks. So the mountain is the Ozark Mountain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well the Ozark Mountains with an S. Mm -hmm. The Mountains has an S. The lakes are the Lake of the Ozarks with an S because the lakes next Mm -hmm. to the mountain. So If you're talking about the mountain, it is the Ozark Mountains. Yeah. Which, I guess, maybe that's what they're referring to, the Ozark Mountains, so it's just Ozark, but... The people in the show refer to the entire place as the Ozarks, though. Everyone does.
0: Whatever. Ignoring that. Episode 1.
1: Is from 2017. This is a Netflix original show, so if you have your Netflix subscription up to date, you could binge watch this show literally today.
0: Or tomorrow. Or whenever. Or That's ne- the thing about Netflix. You can watch it whenever you want, wherever you want, supposing you have it on mobile, and have Wi-Fi and or data.
1: I mean, or you could have pre-downloaded the episodes to watch because you knew you weren't going to have Wi-Fi. True. So not all shows are
0: pre-downloadable, though. Ozarks might be. We don't know. Also, we're not sponsored by Netflix. Yeah, but Netflix. You, hey. you should totally sponsor us. We We watch a lot of shit that you make, and we don't even have to watch the good stuff. We watch some of the bad stuff, too.
1: Hey, Netflix, we're here. We're watching the original content you put out. Woo Assassins, Netflix Original Series Ozark, Lupin, Netflix Original Series The Outer Banks,
0: Money Heist,
1: we're watching a whole bunch of Netflix Originals over here. Anyways, I'm done selling myself to Netflix if they want to contact us and they don't, they can email us the same as anybody else.
0: Yeah, so we start our show with a narration from Jason Bateman. Is that his name? Yeah, he's the lead actor and he also directed the
1: episodes. But yes, episode one starts with a character named Marty narrating about money.
0: Not about money to begin with. We start the show with him just listing lots of different names for money. Moolah, Cash, Scratch, Greenbacks, whatever. I I don't know what all he says. He just goes through a long list.
1: To me, that sounds like narrating about money.
0: No, no, no. He's just saying money. There's nothing, like, I wouldn't call it much narration. It's just someone listing it. It's not talking about anything until, like, 30 seconds later when he's done listing all the synonyms he can think of for it.
1: Oh, Anyways, Marty has a pretty unique way of like viewing money, but he views it as like a measure of how well the decisions you've made in life have been, quote unquote, the measurement of a man's choices. It's a little, little bit weird.
0: Yeah, I mean, he talks about how like shit the economy is and like how money kind of sucks, but it is the sum of a measure of man's choices, like how much money you have dictates the amount of choices you have, which he's not wrong.
1: No, see, he says it's the sum of a man's choices, so it's not like... I thought he said money sums up
0: the measure of a man's choices,
1: which... Mm-hmm. Me- it, yeah. it's, it's not saying the choices you have going forward... Measure ups, measures up a man's... Yeah, it, it's saying the choices you've made in the past, the amount of money you have represents those choices.
0: Okay, true, true. I think my interpretation worked better, but I just heard him wrong then.
1: I mean, your interpretation might be valid. I might be a totally off base here. but That's how I heard it, but... Yeah, this is all set in the middle of the night while he's moving large sums of money, though, like Mm -hmm.
0: cash and large sums of
1: cash.
0: Right after that, we see him talking to some clients in his office and he's talking to them about investing.
1: And we do find out he's a financial advisor. So his weird ideology around money makes a little bit more sense. Yeah,
0: so, you know, he's just talking to his clients, telling them about how important investing is and how he can save them a lot of money. He's giving this very generic speech that you can tell he's given multiple times because he's only half paying attention because he got a notification on his computer and he opens up the notification and it shows a camera feed of a man and a woman hooking up.
1: Well, I mean, 100% you're right, but he kind of like hesitates about opening up the link at first. Yeah. And then the clients that he's talking to mention that they're just shopping around for an advisor. and He's like, eh.
0: Now he needs even less attention. And I have a note that I assume this woman is his wife because it looks like a nanny cam almost
1: yeah it looks like a nanny cam or another type of hidden cam
0: yeah so i assumed it was his wife fun fact i'm right it is his wife we learned that very shortly
1: and then while he's busy watching this tryst happen Mm -hmm. his partner and i guess maybe his boss it's hard to tell in this one shot but like we later learn not his boss yeah i just
0: listed as a co-worker
1: Comes in during the meeting to remind Marty that they have a meeting downtown.
0: Yeah, and Marty's like, what? And then his partner's like, yeah, you know, because we do so much work for right. all the surgical staffs in the area.
1: Yeah, um, they were going to meeting with Northwestern University.
0: And, you know, unless these guys are buying something now, might as well just close it up with them. We're not going to have enough like time to deal with them after this deal goes through.
1: Yep, he the partner uses the meeting to spin the potential clients into actual clients. And essentially gets them to move, like, a ridiculous amount of money. 5000
0: Unless they're willing to pay 5000 now, this isn't worth it.
1: Yeah, $5,000 to put them on retainer now.
0: Yeah, which, obviously, screams of massive scam vibes.
1: A hundred percent. Although, it turns out these guys aren't actually, like, scamming anybody.
0: maybe, maybe not. It's unclear.
1: Yeah. I mean, they did lie about Northwestern, but, like, that's just normal upselling tactics, honestly.
0: Anybody that works for a commission is going to do that type of shit to you.
1: Yep. It turns out, though, instead of meeting with Northwestern University, they are instead looking at new space for offices. In a skyscraper. Yep. In Chicago. Bruce, who is Marty's partner, is trying to be like, we need to move in here. It's a good deal. My girlfriend, who is a realtor, just got us on A, a nice- great deal. Yep.
0: And he's like, and you know, you kind of owe me, quickly, because of- I saw you were doing work. You know, your wife would be pretty upset about that, right?
1: yeah um bruce doesn't realize that was marty's wife yeah so
0: and bruce continues to go off about how like depressing marty's life must be because he's either working or at home he doesn't really have much of a social life or anything and apparently he's not even getting anything from his wife if he has to watch that at work
1: mm-hmm. marty is basically like no we don't need to move like this is more money than we need to spend and they kind of table the conversation for now
0: and his friends brings up then you know though this is just an example of what we could have. Life could be so much better. Mm-hmm. And he starts comparing Marty's situation because Marty has like a nice-ish house, mm-hmm. a kind of standard run-of-the-mill car, everything. And he's like, look at me. I have a great, like, I think he has like penthouse. Or something. He has a really nice apartment.
1: Yeah, he has a penthouse in Trump Tower. Like, yeah. That's what it That's what it was.
0: And he has a great car. I don't think it's Trump Tower. Trump Tower's not in Chicago.
1: It was 100% Trump Tower or something because they 100% mentioned Trump. Because Marty's like, yeah, talking about, the, talking about his penthouse in Trump Tower.
0: I don't fucking know. I was fairly saying this a place in Chicago. It does take place in Chicago. I don't know. It could be there. And he's talking about how he has a really nice car. And he's making all these comparisons. And Marty doesn't refute any of them. But it's just like, Bruce is single. There, the, is, the a, same age. there
1: is a Trump hotel in Chicago, Illinois. So, okay. so that's probably what they're talking about.
0: Yeah. And Bruce is single. He doesn't have kids. He's the same age. Assumably, if they're partners, they're making roughly the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. Whereas Marty has a wife, a home, two kids.
1: I think the larger thing is... And as we
0: learn later, his wife doesn't work. She's a stay-at-home mom. So he's the only person bringing in money for that family.
1: Well, I think the larger thing is Marty is just more frugal about how he spends his money. He's like, he views accumulating wealth as... Yeah, that as well. Like, he has a really weird take on money. And he views accumulating wealth as a measure of how good of a person you are, which baffles. Yeah. But because he has that viewpoint, it makes sense. We get more scenes throughout this episode where we get the idea of his frugality. Yeah. So Bruce is kind of right. but Like, like you said, Marty has more day to day expenses. Yeah. Than Bruce does too. And like, it's not just more day to day expenses. Bruce only has to worry about like if he gets injured or something. Mm-hmm. But like for Marty, if one of his kids trips and like breaks their jaw or teeth, like.
0: Yeah. That's a massive medical cost there.
1: Whereas like Bruce doesn't have to worry about that. Yeah. So,
0: plus, you know, the thing that comes with the family and all that shit is all these costs that people don't think about where it's like, yeah, you have insurance on yourself. I have insurance on myself, my wife, my kids, my home, my car, all this other shit. But they talk about that for a bit. And then Bruce brings up an idea and he wants to buy a land in the Ozarks because the Ozarks have more coast than all of California.
1: That's a terrible reason to want to, like, buy a land. Also, I don't remember the terminology for this, but... Coastlines are basically immeasurable. You can't actually measure coastlines. Yeah. Because the more granular, the more detailed you get, the longer coasts get. Because they're not straight objects. Like, they don't Mm -hmm. have easily measurable facets. So, if you measure a coast in miles, you get one result. But if you start measuring it in, like, feet, you're going to get a result that's so much bigger than the miles. Because of this issue. So, maybe it has more coastline than the west coast, than California.
0: But... Also, I think from what we see in these two episodes, apparently a lot of the Ozarks coastline appears to be fucking cliffs.
1: Yes, I'm not like I'm not saying that the Ozarks don't have more
0: waterfront property.
1: I'm just saying that measuring coastline is a little bit of a ridiculous idea. Yeah. So uh, it's called the coastline paradox. Actually, it's the counterintuitive observation that coastlines of landmasses do not have well-defined lengths because the more precise you measure, the longer the length gets. And it's a fractal dimensional increase, not just like an easily graphable increase. Yeah. So, yeah, it's called the coastline paradox. It's why most coastlines don't measure by like the actual coast, but measure by like 15 miles out to sea or something. Yeah. Because then you can measure straight lines mm-hmm. like a cheater.
0: <laughs> but so they talk about that basically for a bit. And then Bruce's realtor, girlfriend, friend with benefits, I don't know, it's unclear, comes in and.
1: She's his girlfriend. They have a more in-depth relationship than just, like, hooking up or anything. Like, they're together together because Marty's wife asks about Bruce and whatever this woman okay. name is.
0: But she comes back, and they talk about how they'll think about it, and they kind of leave. And then we are at the Bird's family dinner, and we see Wendy.
1: Yeah, Wendy and the two kids. Mm-hmm. The son Jonah and daughter Charlotte. Yeah, uh, and, and Wendy is
0: insisting that her son goes to the school of dance
1: and he's already about attending he doesn't want to go he doesn't want to go and marty's like yeah he doesn't have to go if he doesn't want to like yeah and even their
0: daughter charlotte she's just like he doesn't want to go he no one would want him to be there anyways and then that of course starts a fight between jonah and charlotte because just like equivocally like i i think he's like 12 13 maybe i don't know
1: yeah i don't know his name, but he,
0: it's equivocally like the child's version of like fuck you no
1: he's like he's definitely in junior high and his sister's a freshman or a sophomore. Yeah,
0: but they start arguing back and forth that she equivocally just insults him. <laughs> and so he's upset.
1: And then Charlotte turns to Marty and asks if she could have $10 for a charity drive at school. And Marty's like, for what? And Charlotte's like, this girl has psoriasis and we're raising money to support her. And Marty literally laughs at her and tells her no. Which, honestly, I feel. Yeah, was-
0: but before this, we do see a bit of tension with Wendy and marty because wendy asks how his day was at he doesn't really answer but then he asks her and she says she went shopping he's like you just went shopping monday and she kind of just like hesitates for a moment and then just explains why it's like she forgot something yeah and then his daughter asks for money so
1: yep anyways that's pretty much the dinner but after oh uh, din-
0: wendy does undercut him on the whole money thing though because she's like i'll get you some money and marty's like the-, the kids need to fucking know the importance about money what are we gonna do next he makes some offhand comment about like paying for someone's like acne medicine or some shit like that
1: Well, I think
0: uh, he makes another comment about like a more cosmetic.
1: Here's the thing. Problem. The idea of doing a charity drive for somebody having psoriasis seems legitimately insane to me. I mean, it's not necessarily
0: psoriasis can actually be extremely
1: bad. Yeah, I'm aware I spent. Yeah, yeah, I know. Multiple years of my life with doctors thinking I had a, a rare form of psoriasis. Because the way my hands would crack open, and yeah. They then they then decided it was an allergy to nickel, and then it stopped happening. And they were like, "Well, who knows? We don't know. Fuck it." Yeah. But like, I spent years with my hands like cracking open and bleeding. And Marty's kids go to a good school. They go to private schools. Yeah. So we can assume this girl has So some- has like decent money. Yeah. We were a lower income family, and never once was there any thought of, "Oh, hey, my hands break open and bleed. We should run a charity drive for that."
0: Yeah, my only thing here is it's the thing we see in television shows where it's a disparity between like I wouldn't be surprised if this person is like the scholarship student and so they've made like this stupid function that like happens in normal lane sitcoms of like oh, they're clearly so much worse off than this we should raise money for like this menial problem that they're having or something because that happens so many times in like sitcoms. It feels very much like the daughter has a sitcom problem going on and what so far by like the way the show has been shot and just the general tone and lighting is a very serious drama it feels like the daughter has a random sitcom problem going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, that's fair. Like, they're, I'm not saying 100% we know that her friend at school, like... Yeah, yeah. We, has, we don't know that
0: situation, both. but both. given, like, how everything is, it feels comedic.
1: Yeah, but after dinner, Marty's sitting out in the living room in the dark on his laptop. His wife is watching something on TV. Yep. And Marty... Is who, watching
0: the video again.
1: Yeah, with no sound on, watching the video from earlier. And we can definitely tell that it is his wife now.
0: hmm And uh, she goes to bed. And he, he stays back and then he just kind of pops into his children's room, tells him he loves them. And that's kind of just this. And then he leaves.
1: Yep. He goes out to pick up a hooker mm-hmm. and begins having
0: extramarital affairs.
1: Yep. But it turns out the hooker was just a fantasy. He's mm-hmm. in the car by himself.
0: Until she walks up and knocks on the door because he was fantasizing about a woman he did see. And she's like, hey, this is a working place. You can't be getting yourself off here. That's the thing you pay someone for around this area. You're making business bad.
1: Yep. But right after that happens, he receives a phone call from Bruce, Mm -hmm. who is at Hanson's Trucking.
0: With Senior and Junior. Also, Dell is there.
1: Well, well, first, Bruce says he needs Marty there now, and then Marty refuses until he's told that Dell is there.
0: Yeah. So this is clearly some sketchy shit going on. It's late at night. They're at a fucking towing place, and this guy named Dell's there. I mean...
1: It doesn't... It's not towing. It's not a towing place. It's a trucking place.
0: Oh, trucking. Sorry.
1: So, like, it's like semis and shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like...
0: Canada, I know you're right. I just saw a T in my notes and an ING after I...
1: It matters a lot going into next Oh, episode. no, it definitely does. Yep. So when he gets to the trucking place, there's a group of guys standing outside of the doors. Y- yeah, there's the four people. Mm-hmm. Once inside, Marty is almost immediately asked by Dell where his $5 million is. Mm-hmm. Marty is genuinely confused by this, but Dell quickly explains that somebody in this room has stolen $5 million. Yeah,
0: there's him. also Dell, Bruce, a realtor lady, and then... B-
1: Bruce's girlfriend. Mm-hmm.
0: Senior and Junior Hanson.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We don't really know anything about them. They're just there, and it's kind of obvious to tell which one's Senior and which one's Junior because the names dictate age.
1: Wait, is that how Senior and Junior work?
0: Maybe. I don't know. It might be their actual names, and they'd just be a fun thing to fuck with someone, like have someone named Junior, and then they just name their son
1: Senior to Na- fuck with people? Name your eldest son Junior and youngest son Senior and just... <laughs> Confuse the fuck out of people? Th- this is... This is Hanson Junior, and this is Hansen Senior. Why is... Senior, younger than junior,
0: because I fucking wanted it that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if fucking Musk can name his kid fucking letters and outdated fucking like uh, B- brb taking symbols notes,
1: t- taking notes for D and D NPCs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, but so we have five people in this room who are accused of stealing the money.
1: Yep. And throughout this scene, we figure we come to realize that Marty and Bruce are apparently laundering drug money for Dell. Through the Hansons. The Hansons are helping to la- launder that money. At first, it's not entirely
0: clear how like involved Marty is. From the way they're talking, it kind of seems like Bruce set him up. Yeah. And is trying to take like evolve for this. Because up until this point, we're not really sure how involved Marty is in any of this, really.
1: That's fair. But while all this is going on, Bruce's girlfriend goes to the bathroom. And Dale starts to tell a story about a woman that used to work for his oh, father. Th- there's a
0: great part that I actually enjoy right okay. before this. We're, like Literally right before that happens. The Hansons are insisting they didn't steal the money you can check their books the numbers can't lie and Dell says tell that to marty this guy can make a hundred million dirty dollars disappear like spit on a hot
1: skillet yeah marty and bruce's jobs are literally making to launder the money yeah like they're literally yeah. they make literally the money disappear fake books like that's yeah. their job but like. I-, I fucking love Dell's. like fucking
0: tell that to him he can make a hundred million dollars just as a fucking peer
1: yep so Bruce's girlfriend goes to the bathroom, and then Dell starts telling the story about a woman that used to work for his father.
0: Because his father ran a grocery store.
1: Yep, and for 15 years, she worked there, and they never had a problem. She was, like, family, like, yeah. she was the most reliable worker they had.
0: Until one evening, like 15 years after she started working there, mm-hmm. she his dad caught her stealing.
1: $5 out of the register.
0: Yeah, and then Dell asks each of the people, so the Hansons and Bruce and Marty, what they would do in that situation.
1: And... Bruce is like, well, you give her another ch- chance, right? Like, she's been there for 15 years. Like, this is a one-time thing. You yeah dock her wages for the $5, and you give her a second chance. And then before the Hansons
0: can go to answer, Marty's just like, I won't stand for this shit. You're just clearly trying to intimidate us to see if anyone has slipped up. No one's touched your money. This is just an act of you coming in here, steamrolling, trying to see if anyone's been doing anything wrong or fucking shit up. You're just trying to intimidate us. Um, Nothing's happened. Okay, so...
1: This is actually the first scene where we see Marty's superpower, and mm-hmm. I like Marty doesn't actually have a superpower. I'm just using that to describe a character trait that makes them above normal. For instance, if you watch White Collar, Neil Caffrey' superpower is that he is super smooth, and anybody will fall for him when they when yeah. he talks. Like everything he says, people believe because mm-hmm. that's he that's how smooth he is. It's not a real superpower, but it's a superpower. MacGyver's superpower he can make something out of nothing. Like even characters that don't have superpowers have like these powers that make them central pivotal characters. Yeah it's why they're main characters um
0: they have main character traits they have a certain trait about them
1: marty's main character is he can talk yeah and he's hella good at talking yeah and not just talking but like analyzing the situation
0: Mm -hmm. Like, like he can take even like a simple statement of we've been loyally like laundering money and cooking your books for 10 years which clearly is the exact statement this guy's made about the woman who was stealing from his father but clearly the point of the story is they got she got fired or he managed to take that same equivocally statement and be like, yeah, but we wouldn't do that. We've been with you loyally for 10 years. And he's chugging away at this idea and making an actual argument out of legitimately that thing that was basically just said to not be trusted no matter what anyways.
1: Yep. He's flipping the argument on its head and that's Marty's power. He does it multiple times in this episode. He'll do it again in the next mm-hmm. episode. And I think like, I actually want to take this moment to talk about main characters in shows. Yeah. Go ahead. Like, I think a lot of times people will talk about main characters as like, they have quote-unquote main character syndrome. Plot right?
0: armor, main character syndrome, overpowered, Mary Sue Gary but Seuss. But the important
1: part to know is that they're main characters for a reason. The interesting stuff is happening to them. And that's why we're telling the story about them. Yeah. But it wouldn't be an interesting story if they didn't contribute to it. Well,
0: even the characters that we start a show with or a book or a movie, mm-hmm.
1: they can start as entirely
0: uninteresting, boring, and not mattering. But the moment interesting things start happening to them, they are shaped by that. And that's what we get. These massive character ghosts where this person can go from peasant dirt farmer, in d d terms, to,
1: like, Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Literally, to, literally goes from farming water, the closest thing to a dirt farmer in any media mm-hmm. I can actually think of.
0: Uh, on, a, on a farm, literally, with dirt. Yeah. To a fucking next iteration of Jedi Knights.
1: Yeah. And you, you'll have to get people to be like, but the, the, he's, like, using Luke Skywalker, he's only powerful in the Force because he's a main character, da-da-da-da-da. Yes. That's why he's the main character. That's why he's written that way is because he has to be interesting for us to follow that story. And he has to be able to get from point A to point B. Yeah. I have one that I
0: think could work as a as viewpoint that most people pro- probably kind of get. We just have to remove one element from it. Okay. Skyrim. So other than a dragonborn, your character is still the main character, right? If we move the dragonborn, you are a normal person. Why are you interested in why are these things happening to you? Because you managed, you were a lucky survivor of a fucking dragon attack.
1: Not just a lucky survivor, you fought back against the dragon. Yeah, but even if you didn't fight back against the dragon, we, we could still follow that
0: character in a book or a movie or a show because they're just the one person who survived.
1: And it's the first time dragons have been seen in mm-hmm. hundreds of years.
0: You can become a main character, something clearly by entirely by happenstance, but the moment that happens, you become pivotal, and so you're going to be intrinsically tied into the plot. Yep. So even these traits that aren't necessarily big and great to begin with, are going to become things we focus on because you're going to have to be using them more and more and more.
1: By the way, this is a completely ad-lib thing. I just have an issue with people, like, hating main characters because they're main characters. Don't get me
0: wrong. There are a lot of bad main characters.
1: Yeah, like Kirito. (laughs) Bad main characters is a staple of anime.
0: Especially Isika.
1: Yeah. Kirito is a wonderful example of a bad main character. I would also argue Harry Potter is is a good example of a bad main character. Yes. Like, he just happens to be good at everything... For no reason. Some of it has a little bit of reason, but mostly no reason. He's kind of empowered by Voldemort because of the scar, but like... Yeah, yeah, but like... That obviously wasn't a choice that happened to like book five or book six, so...
0: Also, though, even then, it's all because by what makes no sense according to anything else in the books, he magically survived, haha magic, a attack that should have killed him because of some never-before-happening event.
1: Literally the power of love. But Literally
0: yeah. the power of love. Which implies no one else ever loved anyone else as strong as Lily Potter loved her baby, which just feels inherently wrong.
1: I feel like Harry Potter could make a hella good manga or anime.
0: (laughs) I think it actually has a manga. It's like the power
1: of friendship and love. Like, anyways, um, yeah, that's my point. Like, people hate main characters because they're main characters.
0: On a note, the Dursleys are only so mean and
1: horrible because they were around a horror crux the entire fucking time. I know that's a fan theory, but goddamn, does it make sense? So before I dive back into Ozark's Ozark, I like fan theories that fill gaps that like authors or show writers like just overlook. Yeah, so that fan theory is amazing. The, yeah, because Cruxes corrupt people.
0: And yeah, we see it generally makes people kind of shitty people. It happens to Ron, it happens to Hermione, it happens to Ginny,
1: happens to Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Like Dumbledore, the nicest.
0: He becomes extremely fucking paranoid and doesn't trust yeah. anyone. The Dursleys are around Harry for 11 fucking years.
1: Yes, nonstop for 11 years. Like, 100% that makes sense. And Um, we see
0: they step up, like, their actions against him as he gets older.
1: One of my favorite fan theories, though, is one you posited the other night. We were still talking about Twilight because Twilight is a thing that I... Oh,
0: I know which one. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, Jacob was in love with Bella because she would become the mother of the child that he would imprint on. Yeah. But but we talked about this briefly on our half, last interstitial. Yeah, she's only half of the genetic material that makes up that child. Yep. So why didn't he have similar feelings towards Edward? And I think I think the logical thing here is God, we're so far off topic on Ozark right now. It's fine. But I think the like the thing is he did have feelings for Edward.
0: Yeah, but Edward can't return them because he's like from the early 1900s and was extremely catholic and so he's just like i can't feel any way for a man like that's wrong i'm already going to hell for being a vampire there has to be a special level of hell for gay vampires
1: yes jacob is ingrained in a society of toxic masculinity
0: where everyone before him has imprinted on
1: a female so they both like they both feel the tug of this the same way bella and jacob feel the tug of this like werewolf magic But, but they both are like Fuck no, I hate you. They turn it into hate. Because, like, they can't rationalize It's the it only way in. they can deal with the emotion. Like, sorry we're so far off topic, but Jesus. Fan theories are awesome when they fill in gaps. <laughs> fan theories that exist for no reason, like Ruby being a wolf fauna, like that type of Faunus. stuff is- Yeah, wolf faunas. That type of stuff is lame, but, yeah. like, fan theories that fill in gaps, 100% I'm there for them all the time. Oh, yeah. Anyways, we should get back to the sh- back, back to Ozark, because- Bruce's girlfriend's in the bathroom, and Marty just stood up to Dell,
0: And Dell just pulls a gun and shoots through the bathroom door several times.
1: Yep. Bruce's girlfriend's dead.
0: And Bruce just explodes and starts yelling.
1: Yep. Hanson Jr. then breaks down and admits-
0: Oh, yeah, it's Junior, sorry.
1: Um, Then Hanson Jr. breaks down and admits that it was Bruce.
0: It was all Bruce's idea?
1: To try and skim and steal money from Dell. It was all Bruce. It's all his fault. And we then proceed outside of the office.
0: Yeah. They're all zip-tied. And taking to the loading area for trucks.
1: Yep, and Dell's guys are moving Bruce's girlfriend's body into an Mm -hmm. oil drum to dispose of the body. And Del's talking about how he likes Chicago. Because Chicago
0: reminds him a lot of Mexico because there's a pretty large Latino population and there's a lot of the culture in the area. And, uh, you know, though, he does say there's a thing he dislikes about Chicago. And it's all of the Mexicans in Chicago.
1: I didn't take notes on this, so you're ready to hear the lecture? It's this
0: weird disparity because he's talking about how he enjoys the culture. Mm -hmm. And then he just goes on to say, like, but he just likes the throw there. But his reasoning does make sense. And it is because of profiling, really. Mm. Because, yeah, while well, he loves the culture and it reminds him of home and everything, of course, the, one of the first places the DEA, the FBI, the alphabet agencies are going to look for any drugs is going to be Chicago or places like it where there's a high Latino population. Yeah. Okay, I remember I remembering this lecture. Yeah. Um, and he's like, but you know what? Out of all the Mexicans and Latinos in the area... It's four sticky fingered white men that stole from me.
1: Yep. Um, it should be noted that while he's giving this lecture, Hanson Senior is kind of outside of the circle of the other pe- of the other yeah. people that are bound, and he's right up next to Dell trying to beg for mercy. Um.
0: And he's not begging for mercy on his part. He's saying that it was all him and Bruce. His son had nothing to do with it. Let his son go. He's young. He was just following what his dad said.
1: And Dell doesn't care. They both get shot, executed right mm-hmm. there. And um, then Dell turns to Bruce and he's like,
0: "How'd you do it?" How much do you take?
1: turns out Bruce was skimmed almost $8 million over the course of the last three Mm -hmm. years. And after he admits that, Dell kills him too.
0: They explain how he did it though. And it was actually a kind of neat thing. He rigged the gas gauges on the trucks that they were using to transport the drugs. Yeah. To read full when it was actually five gallons light. Yeah. So even though they measured the trucks, they were putting five gallons equivalent weight of drugs that would be, they were putting the amount of drugs equivalent to five gallons of gas.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: they, not drugs they're The money, whenever laundry. Yep.
1: So, cool cool method, but not cool enough because Bruce is now dead. That leaves Marty begging for his life, begging, yeah. begging that they'll let him at least call his kids, to let him know Yeah, that and he Marty's like I had, no, and I had no them.
0: idea. Let me let me call my kids, Ex- explain to them that I just like went somewhere.
1: And Del tells Marty, "Oh, you don't need to worry about that. I'm going to kill them too." And yeah. Wendy. And um, then
0: Marty pulled out the ozarks pamphlet he put in his pocket from he, earlier
1: he's he starts panic pitching like he's like he and he panic pitches hard and he's like look more coastline than california i can make 500 million dollars in five years if you let us live
0: i can launder 500 million dollars in five years
1: yes yeah, so that's oh no he says make like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah profit 500 yeah. million dollars and he's talking like he, he goes on he's like but obviously he doesn't mean launders yeah.
0: out of all the money that you go through bare minimum 10 percent of it has to come through me Calling it so yeah you can hand it out to other people but how much money are you losing by getting rid of me because i can longer all that money and you're only paying me instead of paying everyone else
1: yep and he's talking about the 500 million dollars which has to be like more money than they're moving here in chicago but he's like i can do this if you let me live
0: yeah and then we cut to a flashback marty is like laying underneath the trampoline underneath the trampoline and his kids are bouncing around on it it's kind of just a flashback to his kids and all this so we're getting a whole life flashing before his eyes thing implying that he's probably gonna die now but um, well, that doesn't happen.
1: Well, no, Dill does that whole thing where he shoots the gun next to the guy's head. Yeah. So he gives Marty forty-eight hours after this to get eight million dollars in cash mm-hmm. to pay him back,
0: and then he gets forty-eight hours
1: to yep. head toward the Ozarks. So he's got four days to get two days to get cash and four days to to be on the road to the Ozark,
0: and then he has a week to get set up in the Ozark. And the next time uh, Dell goes by Marty's house, he better see for sale sign up.
1: Yep. Marty gets home and he tells Wendy everything. mm mm-hmm. um, And the next morning they tell the kids. Charlotte's pissed. Am I missing something? You look like I missed something. Well, Marty
0: tells Wendy about everything with Dell, And she's insisting that they go to the police. And Marty is just like, that's a dumb fucking idea.
1: And to be fair, he's right. Yeah.
0: So he lays out this whole plan of action. Like, I'm going to get all the money from the bank tomorrow. You get the kids. You get all that organized out of school you put the house up for sale and you get everything ready to go yep get the kids packed up all that
1: yep so the next day they tell the kids that they're gonna be moving Mm -hmm. charlotte's pissed which i mean she's 15 and they're in the middle of school year she's suddenly moving now and it's sprung on her like last minute yeah then marty spends the day on the phone with the banks and his stockbrokers, trying to liquidate his actual money and value into actual
0: cash and the banks are trying to tell him that he can't take all his money out
1: and marty's like according to fdic policy you have to be able to like um, cover this mm-hmm. much cash at any given time so the fact that the fact of the matter is you do have enough money in your vault
0: and if you didn't you would be breaking all kinds of policies with the fdic and
1: i'll just have to call them and get them on the phone so mm-hmm.
0: so you'll have a lot lar- larger problem than me wanting to take my money out of the bank so then we see wendy talking to a guy
1: yeah the dude from the, the video mm-hmm. the guy she's cheating on her husband with yeah
0: and she's talking to him about how they're leaving
1: and he's like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. What you should do instead is you just withdraw all the money you can, gra- grab up all the money you can before the government freezes it because they're obviously going to be on to him in, a mo- in like minutes. And you need to get that money and get out mm-hmm. now. Um, Divorce
0: him, leave, you and me, we can go somewhere else.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is, so she knows that Dell is part of a cartel. And then mm-hmm. he's an enforcer for a cartel. Um, She also knows that Marty has to get him $8 million.
0: Well, from the way he's treated by the other guys around him and the way he dresses and the way he talks, I wouldn't think he's an enforcer.
1: Okay, he's not like a ground level enforcer, but like yeah. that, that's still part of his job. But like, and she knows that if Marty doesn't get him the $8 million, he's going to murder all of them. Yeah, he, Marty
0: even mentions it when he, t- when she wants to go to the police, he's like, he won't just kill me, he'll kill all of us.
1: And the crazy thing here is, and I'm probably skipping a few scenes, she's like, yeah, you know what, that sounds right. Let's let's steal all of my my family's money that that I can abandon my children and my husband to run away with you while they get murdered.
0: No, no, that's basically it. It's actually unclear whether or not they would take the kids with them. He he never clarifies that, but either way, it's still fucked.
1: It's fucking wild. Mm-hmm. Like ugh. so,
0: then we cut to Marty and Marty's talking to a PI. Yep. Bob. About the guy who's fucking his wife,
1: Bob. Mm-hmm. Bob the PI.
0: And you know he's asking Bob like. You know, how hard would it be for, like, me and my family to just, you know, disappear?
1: Could we do it on $8 million? And
0: Bob's like, yeah, you can get the documents for your entire family. It'd be really easy. You could definitely disappear.
1: And you could you could probably even disappear and make a go of it for a while.
0: Yeah, like, you, you can easily disappear from the government. Uh, disappear from other people might be a bit hard, but you could do it. But, but you got a family. They're going to slip up eventually.
1: You got, you got a 15-year-old daughter. She's going to post on the internet at some point. Yeah. And they're going to find you. We also find out here that Gary is the name of the guy Wendy is cheating mm-hmm. on Marty with.
0: Gary Silverberg.
1: Yep, but Bob only tells Marty about Gary after he affirms that Gary does not own a gun.
0: After he affirms Marty doesn't own a
1: gun. Yeah, after he affirms Marty doesn't own a gun. My bad.
0: And he only does that after Marty gets a notification that his money's being withdrawn from the bank.
1: Yep, because, he's, a- because Bob tells Marty where Gary lives mm-hmm. so that he can go yeah. after his money. That's pretty much the end of that scene. Yeah, the scene. and then
0: we get to the next scene, and Wendy's walking into Gary's apartment. After, and Dell and his buddies are there
1: yep she's just emptied out all the accounts that she could and marty pulls up to where gary lives and gary comes falling out of the sky yeah Dell just threw the dude off the balcony yep marty then gets a call from Dell, and mm-hmm. he wants to know what he should do about wendy now because she obviously knows about him yeah
0: and she has a cashier check
1: for almost thirty thousand dollars yep then Dell reasks the question about aunt carlota the woman that worked at the at his father's grocery store yeah and marty says you fire her because this isn't the first this time she stole.
0: Yeah, this is just the first time you caught her. Not that she hasn't stolen before. You fire Carlotta. Yep. And then we kind of leave that scene before we see what happens to Wendy. Because in this scene, we're mainly focusing on Dell talking over the phone. Yeah,
1: the implication here is that Dell should kill her. Like, mm-hmm. obviously. You fire her. She yep. was stealing. It's not the first time. Marty gets home, and then Wendy comes to sit down next to him. Surprisingly, she is still alive somehow. Yeah.
0: Um, and w- when she gets there, he just looks at Wendy and goes, you're welcome. Yep. And she's pissed.
1: I mean, I don't understand why she's pissed. Like, okay, her husband has been involved with a drug lord, a drug cartel. She's been aware of this. Yeah. And like, knew there was the chance of this backfiring.
0: Mm-hmm. And she's been cheating on him.
1: And she's been profiting off of this yeah. her for their, their whole marriage. Well, the last 10 years, another um, whole marriage, I, I guess.
0: You know, they might have married when their daughter was five.
1: Yeah, like, but the fact that she's been profiting off of this for 10 years it is only upset now because shit hit the because fan. Because Bruce fucked up. Yeah. So anyways, Marty then goes to the bank mm-hmm. to get his money.
0: And you see him walking into the vault. And there are uh, two federal agents there. And they pick up a notebook. And written on the notebook is, is anyone kidnapped? Are you under duress? And he's just like, no, I want my money.
1: Yeah, they check him for wires, ask about kidnapping. And Marty's kind of a dick to them. But he's like, I want my money. And they're like, well, you can't withdraw the bank."
0: The federal agents are cool about yeah. it. They if- just ask, you know, all those standard things. And then the bank's like, well, we don't have it. So he points over at the federal agents. And he goes, there's no way you have two federal agents here on the chance that this was a kidnapping and not have the money here.
1: And then the federal agents are like, well, what are you what are you going to do with the money? And he's not like, the federal
0: agents, the federal agents.
1: No, no, the federal agents do ask him about the money because they oh. ask him about the money. They ask, what are your plans with the money? He's like, it's none of your fucking business. If, if I, I want to be- get naked and. If I want to, yeah, if I want to screw to myself in a hot tub with this money, that's my, that's my goal. Yeah, that's my right. Like.
0: And I- then the bank again says they won't give it to him. And he says, you're going to give it to me. or I'm going to walk into the lobby and begin yelling about how they won't give me my money. Think about how that's going to go over when the bank hears he won't give me my money. What about
1: theirs? Yep. So, he gets his money. Like, yeah. b- we we don't see the ending of this scene, but this is more of Marty using his power to manipulate mm-hmm. scenes with words. Um, we then get a meeting with Dell between Marty, and Marty is forced to admit to Dell that he is about $7,000 short on this $8 million, which honestly, I can't assume Dell actually thought he could get $8 million yeah. in 48 They're, hours. They're,
0: like, just meeting in a park, and he's like, I'm, like, 70000 short. short. Seven do- I-
1: it's $7,000. $7,000. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm,
0: like, $7,000 short, but... I have the car that I drove year. I plan on selling.
1: Yeah, I have this van. It's got a blue book value of 27000 And Dell's like, okay, fine. I'll uh, buy the van. Blue book value, $27,000. Well, he
0: also goes on about how he mentioned the blue book value. He's like, the car is really good. It's got great gas mileage. Its tires are good. It's a really, really good family car. And Dell's like, I'll buy it for 20000 over your debt and lease it to you for $1,000 a month.
1: Well, yeah, he Dell says I'll buy it for the blue book value of 27000 Take my 7000 yeah. You get your 20000 cash. And then I'll lease it back to you at $1,000 a month
0: and uh marty's just like why it's, it's, why
1: it's not an offer though like yeah, it's, yeah it's no frame doesn't offer to yeah. the, the van but, back but it's marty's still
0: still so like why did you do that and Del's just like repeats back what marty said about the car he's like it's a good car it's got good gas mileage good tires it's a good family vehicle
1: yeah yep it's
0: um, a really really good scene and i don't think either of us can do justice to the scene but i think the scene was really really well done
1: yeah i it- Honestly, this might be my favorite scene in the in the first episode. I really enjoy the bank scene too, where he's like, mm-hmm. where he's basically telling the federal agents, "Fuck off! I can do what I want with my money. You, this money is all legit. You know it's all legit. If I want to fill a fucking hot tub up with it and swim around in my money, there is no law that stops me that's from doing that." That's my
0: fucking right. Like, so uh, after Dell buys the car from him, he then takes all the money that's in a bag, in bags, in front of him, and then has his men start loading in the back of Marty's van, and Marty's just like what are you doing? And does like, you're going to take that with you.
1: You're going to take this $8 million to the Ozarks and you're going to clean it. And Marty's like, already clean. That money's all in the clear.
0: You're you're just going to be losing money. And Del's like, I know, but I just want you to prove that you can do it. That you can do what you claim.
1: Yeah. I want I want you to prove that you can clean this $8 million in the Ozarks. Mm-hmm. You try to fuck me, I'll kill you. And I won't just kill you, but I will kill your family. And I probably won't start with you. Yeah. I'll, I will make you watch me kill your family.
0: So they do that. And then Marty questions Dell and he's like, So I thought you said five million, but Hanson and Bruce stole it and I was like, oh, you were right. I was just fishing. I had no idea anyone stole money. But the lesson here is don't admit to shit ever. Yeah, no, obviously. Like if you've ever gotten in trouble
1: with a teacher as like a kid in school, you never admit to fucking anything. Number one rule. Unless you can 100% guarantee that the the punishment is going to be less for admitting.
0: And they are 100% sure you did it.
1: You never fucking say a thing. If there's even a 2% chance that they don't think you did it, you don't admit. <laughs> yeah, no. Do not admit.
0: So then we come back to I Wendy. Don't,
1: I don't know if this is 100% sh- true in like social relationships, but in relationships where one person has more power.
0: Business or any power dynamic imbalance, never admit. Nope. Never admit fault unless you have to. Yep. And this is both business and a power dynamic.
1: Mm-hmm. You don't fucking admit it. In social relationships, it's probably better to admit your wrongs to the people that are in your social circle and that you care about. Yeah. So don't take that out of context. Or do. It's your life. I would just suggest don't. But anyways, we cut to Wendy and Charlotte packing the van up.
0: Yeah, and Wendy's just stressed out and her daughter like gives her a hug and comfort. So that's basically the scene.
1: And then we cut to the office space that Bruce and Marty were looking at renting. And mm-hmm. there's a bunch of FBI agents here pulling bugs out of the building.
0: Yep. And uh, there's two agents in particular. Suited agents, not in the FBI windbreakers. Mm-hmm. So apparently one, special agents. One
1: is the special agent in charge. Mm-hmm. They're the head of an entire branch of the FBI, like, so this is probably the special agent in charge of the Chicago branch of the FBI. I only know this shit because of watching White Collar twice. Yeah. Like, White Collar is so good, guys. It's ending's god-awful, but if you like heist shows, go watch White Collar. It's so good. But they,
0: those two are talking about how they can't get a hold of Bruce. And also, apparently, this entire place was bugged because the other guys were running around gathering up the bugs and all their stuff they planted.
1: Yeah, Bruce Liddell was apparently going to flip on the entire drug cartel. Mm -hmm. And he was going to take Marty down with him.
0: And the special agent in charge goes off about how all these criminals and Bruce are liars and they take the path of least resistance. And he's not surprised they can't find Bruce. He was only ever working with Bruce because it was amusing to him.
1: Yep. But the scene ends with the special agent in charge asking where Marty Bird is.
0: Yeah, but there's a fun point where after the, the special agent in charge makes this entire speech about how he didn't actually care about working with Bruce. None of it mattered to him. It was just amusing him. The other agent is just like... What was the whole fucking point of this op then? Yep. Like the guy's legitimately confused and the guy's just like, shrug. Where's Bird though?
1: Where, Yeah, we're Marty. where's Marty? It's,
0: it's weird that the same day his partner disappeared and we can't reach him. He's gone too.
1: Yep. And we, we cut from the special agent asking where Marty is to Marty in his van on the way to the Ozarks. And Marty pulls off to the side of the road as he tells Wendy and his family that he needs to take a leak. Instead he walks out into the forest a little bit.
0: To have his own small little personal meltdown.
1: He leans against a tree and starts repeatedly saying I'm sorry and I'm so sorry and crying. Yeah. After a few minutes, he walks a little deeper into the woods, where we get the view of the lake and the mm-hmm. the, the, the lakes of the Ozarks.
0: He's standing on a cliff, one of many times people stand on a cliff.
1: And then his family joins him in, like, a stereotypical, like, family shot, and the camera zooms, zooms out. out.
0: In stereotypical family shot of people standing on a mountain or cliff.
1: And we no longer see anything but the cliff, the trees, and, like, yeah. like, and that's the end of episode one. So, what are your thoughts? This episode is obviously like a setup to yes. more by itself. It's kind of like weak in that regard because it's just setting up for more. Yes. But it does set up well. Like everything it's setting up are like breadcrumbs I want to follow. So pulling me in here. Nice job. But it also laying out a lot of like tiny future problems for us. Like Marty and Wendy are no longer in a happy relationship. Like, they were not in a happy yeah, relationship for a while yeah, so like now they're blatantly they on the open
0: with each other though. yeah
1: but now they have to like deal with this while they like try to maintain a cover as a family yeah we also have the issues with like bruce liddell is missing and his partner goes missing on the same day obviously the
0: fbi is involved
1: obviously marty is going to be like the primary suspect there
0: also he just took all his money dipped
1: so. yeah and other than that the show has like fantastic camera work the cuts in the show are great Unlike the show that must not be named because we are, we have not released a review on it because the review was garbage. Um, <laughs> in quality, not in content. I think all I our,
0: think it's both. All our content is always garbage. Fair.
1: And the way it passes like back and forth in, in scenes is good. But my big issue is, and I do have a big issue with the show logic. I know this is your baby, but I have a big issue with the show. And that is everything feels so washed out. Like it all feels... Very blue tinted. Yeah. I know it's not a big complaint. And honestly, if that's my biggest complaint show's doing good but yeah other other than that um uh, this episode feels longer than it is yes the episode's like 50 something minutes but it felt like an hour and a half almost two hours i know part of that's we were taking notes but like every I'm time you
0: know it's gonna add an easy 15 to half an hour round to a show
1: but every time we paused it and i looked at the time bar i was like how are we 20 minutes into this because like the plot's moving fast how are we only 23 minutes into this we paused after three fucking minutes like, the plot, like, feels like it's peaking at points, where an episode would normally be, like, peak, come to a close for the yes. episode, but instead, the, the show peaks, comes down a little bit, has, like, some flatlining story bits, peaks again, and, like, it's a break from, like, traditional television storytelling. I mean, which,
0: more than just traditional television storytelling. Yeah,
1: it's a break from traditional storytelling, which is, you have rising tension, a climax, and then, um, dissipating tension? I don't remember what's it's called. I was an English major, and, my- like... <laughs> But you have like yeah you have this rising tension and climax and then like
0: yeah mind you a longer form story would have arcs where you see that mm-hmm. in a novel or such or an ongoing series but but it'd
1: be so it'd be so weird if a, a cha- it, if, in if a if
0: chapter of a book you had multiple climaxes. points of rising yeah. tension climax
1: and that's what the show has like this episode and episode two I'm gonna go ahead and spoil that has these rising tensions and climaxes multiple times throughout the episode which is. Really weird and really distorts how long the episode fills. Yeah. How about you? What do you think of episode one?
0: Okay, episode one, I actually also agree. Like, the direction on the show is fucking amazing. The shots, the angles, the tone. Like, the tone is so well done. Like, this show really nails just being able to get this underlining sense of tension throughout the entire show. Which I think also goes to make the show feel slower. Because, you know, in in a tense moment, things seem stretched out yeah it's kind that, of what tension is supposed to that's, that's true it too. makes things kind of stretched out and uncomfortable and the show hits the note of tension so well that it's through basically the entire show just from like the way they're doing their angles the way they're doing the lighting the pauses that they have in their dialogue and all of this makes for this tension that's really strong and underlining the entire show but also seems to stretch like the episode honestly i didn't know jason bateman could direct this fucking well I knew he was a good actor, but he also fucking directed this episode.
1: Yeah, that's a fair and he, point.
0: And too. he directs the next episode too. And like, I saw him listed the, as the director, and I was just like, "Oh fuck, damn, that was unexpected, and great!" Like, we've watched multiple shows on here where it's just some guy directed it or some person directed it. And it's just like, oh, I have no interest in anything you direct after this because it wasn't good. But like this, I'm from these two episodes. I think I'm more interested in Jason Bateman's directing career than his acting career
1: i mean like his
0: acting career is perfectly good and he has some really great roles and this is a good role in it but just his directing of these this episode and the next make me really intrigued like how he's gonna do more stuff
1: yeah 100 percent agree with that the direction in the show is great i just hope he wasn't directly involved in whoever decided to story to like write the script the way they did because the multiple peaks thing irritates me on a level that (laughs) is it shouldn't right like Breaking from storytelling traditions is what can make shows incredibly unique or books unique yeah. or any form of storytelling. It can, that's what can make them stand out. And traditionally that, that works. Like if you do it well, yeah. it works. And the show is not doing it badly. Like there's nothing wrong with how it's doing. It's no, I would more,
0: argue the show does everything it does well.
1: Yeah. It just annoys me so much because it, it feels like it stretches everything out. I don't mind
0: that. But fun fact, we normally watch both episodes of the show in one sitting. We didn't do that with this show. Partially because it felt so long.
1: Because after the first episode, I was so tired. Yeah. Like, in, in, not, the be- like, in the beginning
0: like- of this, we mentioned Netflix and the fact that you could binge the show all at once. I could not binge the show all at once. And I binge shit when yeah. I watch it. But the show feels so long per episode that by the time I'm done with epi- an episode, my brain's just like, what? I don't, I don't know if I can handle another episode right now. Like, it was good, but... I mean... Okay, I kind of so, just want to have to not do anything.
1: So similarly, you, reach, you recently showed me an anime called Backflip because you know I'm a sucker for sports animes. Yeah. And it's about men's gymnastics, and it's good, but there's only two episodes out. I watched those two episodes, and I felt like I'd watched five or six. Mm-hmm. Like, it's good, but each episode No, doesn't... I
0: warned you going into it. It felt, like, unnaturally
1: long. Okay, so actually, I didn't like it partially because we were reviewing it for show purposes, right? Like, yes. every episode felt so much longer than it should have felt. But at the same time, that's cool. because yeah, no. like It's kind of like a little bit of time travel, right? Like mm-hmm. you're getting this sense that, that you're, you're, you're experiencing
0: time. time distortion, which is something your brain actually does with yeah. some things.
1: And so like if a show can make you like feel like you're in it longer, it's probably a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah. It's just when I was taking notes on this and I'd pause.
0: It's like... Man, I have to go use the bathroom, but I don't want to do that because I'm watching the show.
1: There's only going to be, like, what, 10 minutes left? Oh, there's
0: 50 fucking minutes
1: left. Oh, not 50. I know, I'm like, obviously
0: exaggerating.
1: There's still 30 minutes left. What? We just hit a climactic peak. What is this? And, like, that's annoying on, on a level for me. But I think when experiencing it outside of... A review
0: movie. setting, it's probably much more for the bearable. For
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So, episode two. Blue cat. We open on a title card here for the show Ozark, which fades out to reveal a motel where Marty and his family's van is sitting out front.
0: I'd like to point out, both of us cannot say the word motel, apparently. That's not,
1: that's not what happened with me. What happened with me is instead of putting, which fades out to reveal a motel, I wrote, which fades out to review a motel. And I tripped over review, which made it seem okay. like I tripped on motel. I that's kept... what happened. You can see my notes if you want. It's, I mean, that's I believe you. But, like, um, we
0: both fucked up going into, like, opening <laughs> on the motel in some format. Well, I mean,
1: you skipped the title card. So, really, who's at fault here? I mean,
0: I don't give a shit about the title card. I'll have to skip the second title card later. We cut to the inside of the motel, and we see the family asleep inside. And we got some tense music playing in the opening scene. We cut back And to it's, the out- like, especially tense this time around. It's cut, also kind of dope musically.
1: Then we cut back to the outside of the motel. And it's daytime now, and we're at the side of the pool where the family is eating. Well, there's ex- no water in the pool, by the way. Yes. Well, well, Marty explains to the family that they're gonna have to start making some cutbacks. Being Sometimes
0: a, more- a family is like a small business. There's periods of transition.
1: Gotta be a little more frugal right now. We're transitioning. And his daughter starts like, "What the fuck are you talking about? We have to
0: be more frugal." You
1: no, know, she's like, "I understand more frugal. What the fuck is this motel shit? Why aren't yeah. we staying at like the Hilton or something? Like mm-hmm. we can afford it. What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah. And, and Marty
0: Wendy, kind of ignores it. He's just like, No, but Wendy deal with it.
1: Wendy steps in and here and like calms the situation mm-hmm. down, they're they're kinda of like giving each other tense looks, but they're working well as like a pair of parents. As partner. Yeah. Uh,
0: business partner strictly in a sense at the moment.
1: Yeah. Marty then tells the kids that Wendy's gonna be looking at getting them a house. Today.
0: She's gonna go buy a new house and
1: he's I, gonna he has he has business stuff to take care of. I have of.
0: to go look at things. And you two are going to stay and guard the room and all the stuff in it.
1: Because everything we own is in that room right now. Don't leave it alone.
0: Yeah. And um, Alfie, Charlotte's fucking yeah, upset again.
1: I just want to go ahead and point out, obviously, they're going to leave it alone. Like, I have not seen, I've not seen less, like, less subtle foret- foreshadowing.
0: Yeah, that was probably the weakest point in both episodes, the foreshadowing here. And I'm just like, Avi, we already know you have a willful daughter that hates listening to what you say. And you
1: have a young son. So I don't understand this, though. As a thirteen year old, which I'm assuming the son's about thirteen, and they're like, Hey, don't go anywhere. And you're like, I have a motel room with air with like not not just air conditioning, but hotel air conditioning. And free Wi Fi. And a TV. Yeah, sure. I'm gonna veg out for the day. See you guys when you get back. Peace.
0: And it's not like you're not gonna have a chance to fucking explore the area. You're gonna be living here now. Fucking mm-hmm. calm your tits. You were trapped like the only explanation here is you were trapped in a car from Chicago to the Ozarks.
1: Yeah. It's a nine hour drive. That's an oof of a drive.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: It's eight hours and 40 minutes. And I'm sure if you tried, you could probably get it down to like seven and a half. Unless you hit bad traffic. Most of it's interstate, so I think you're okay.
0: Oh yeah, probably.
1: But still, eight hours in a car, oof. Yeah. The longest drive I've ever done in a single day is like 10. And that felt like... That was driving... An through... episode of I <laughs> Not the first time. The first time I actually like really enjoyed the 10 hour drive. It was a bunch of interstate and like listening to music and yeah. talking with my friend Sean. But... The way back, getting started at like eight in the morning, seven in the morning, eight in the morning and driving from seven to like five in the evening. I was so tired when I got home. I just passed out. Yeah. But the first time it was okay. The second t- on the way back, like the day- next day, that was the killer. That was from the southern tip of Indiana to the northern tip of Indiana. It was
0: a fun car ride. I enjoyed it too. You were? not Yes, I was.
1: Mm, okay. So I'm talking about a different time. I'm talking
0: about- yeah, yeah, but I've done the same trip.
1: Yeah. I'm talking about the time I was forced to drive my friend's truck. Yeah. Oh. But anyways... I don't like trucks.
0: We <sighs> see Wendy and Marty in a car going to the realtor's place. Yeah. And, you know, she suggests that she could get a job to help out. And Marty just uh, looks at her and he's like, seven and a half bucks an hour is not going to make she's a like, dent.
1: But I have a master's degree. And he's like, yeah, but you haven't used it since the kids. So they both have valid points here. Mm-hmm. Marty's being a little misogynistic. The show's had a little I mean, bit of a misogynistic tint to it. He's a
0: being a little bit of a dick. But I feel like this kind of... like. His edge here isn't too bad, given that everything that's going on between him and his wife. Like, I can kind of understand it. Edge of everything
1: going on in general? Yeah, he's just being kind of petty, but I mean, why the fuck not? Yep, but after they fight about her getting a job, mm-hmm. Wendy's like, well, what are we going to tell the kids?
0: You know, re- regarding each other. Because
1: and they're obviously not a, a, a unit anymore. And Marty's like, we don't tell them anything. We're business partners, and our job is raising these kids. Yeah. Like, we don't have to tell them anything. We just do our job. And Wendy goes somehow from, like, asking about what what like going to tell the kids about them to, like, talking about Gary. Yeah, about I, how
0: bad the situation is. Like, a good guy died because of this.
1: And she's, like, begging Marty to have sympathy for this, for Gary. Yeah, he's like, he was a good guy. He had two kids. I
0: never met them, but he always talked about them He loved
1: them, yeah. So, before we get to his response to all of this, I just want to say the ball's on her. Yeah. Like, okay, so it's bad enough that... She's asking him to have sympathy for the guy that she was cheating on him with. Mm -hmm. Like, pretty bad. But, like, relationships can move past that. Yeah. That's possible. And having sympathy for
0: a guy who just randomly died. Yeah. Because that's something you were involved with. Like, understandable thing to ask for, like, sympathy in that regard.
1: But at at the same time, this is the same man who convinced, with very little prodding, if we're going to say it. Though Marty doesn't know how much prodding. But convinced Wendy to withdraw all their money, money they needed to keep themselves alive, and run away with him. Maybe mm-hmm. with maybe with the kids, maybe without the kids. But either way, leaving Marty to die.
0: Leaving Marty to die and still putting his kids in danger.
1: And putting herself in danger. But like, yeah.
0: that's probably the least concern out of those. Yeah. That. But kudos to Marty to begin with. He basically just ignores everything she's saying here. And he's just like, we're going to tell the kids we aren't husband and wife. Because she, she does all that in like one thing about asking mother they're going to tell the kids and then bringing up Gary. Mm-hmm. And he kind of ignores that portion. He's just like, we're going to tell the kid. We're not going to tell him anything. We're not husband and wife anymore. That's for sure yeah we're business partners and then you're gonna go in to the realtor's place you're gonna get a starter home you're not gonna sign anything without me and then he hit on the gary boy, and he's like no, no no no! i remember gary yeah no, i'm like, not gonna forget him
1: yeah but no, like he he says all that and she interrupts him again to start talking about gary he's like yeah. oh no no yeah Hi.
0: she says she's like don't forget and he's like i'm not going to i remember him
1: the sound of your lover hitting the ground is the only thing that helps me get to sleep at night mm-hmm. and i want I to say damn marty that's cold, mm-hmm. but, like, totally deserved. Yeah. But and she freaks out. First she slaps him, and then she, like, straight up punches him.
0: She does that after the ne- this next bit. She does it at oh. the end of his oh, yeah. kind of rebuttal to Because he's like, yeah, I remember him. Because he says the hitting the ground thing as long as it helps him sleep at mm-hmm. the very end of his conversation. He's like, yeah, I remember him. He's the guy that talked you into emptying our bank account. So, And how that would get him killed. It would endanger the kids. Um, and, you know, yeah, he is at fault because she blames him for all He's like you're right i am at fault for not noticing what these other guys were doing because yeah that's his only point that's the only she's really blaming him for here because she was cool with him laundering this money when it benefited her it's only after the others fucked up and he got pulled into it that she's upset yep like you're right i am at fault for not noticing but you know what i was distracted because oh it's a saturday night that zumba class i'm paying for my wife to go to ended two hours ago where is she Oh, it's a random Tuesday night. She went out for groceries four hours ago. Where is she? I spent all my time wondering who my wife was fucking too busy not noticing what they were doing with the books.
1: Yeah. And I don't want to like, obviously, our relationship, there's problems in the relationship that led to her cheating mm-hmm. because she... Yeah. And he
0: acknowledges that as well yeah. in his argument. He's just like, but there was a reason why I didn't fucking notice this going on.
1: Yep. Um, and then he says the thing about her... Gary loverhood. hitting the ground and, and how that helps him sleep. Then she straight up physically assaults him, like... Mm-hmm. I thought when she was begging him to have sympathy, I I don't condone violence against women or violence against anybody, but I thought when she was begging him to have sympathy for this man who she almost literally murdered Marty for, not directly murdered Marty, but just as as directly as Marty murdered um, Gary, like, and she's begging him to have sympathy for this guy, I was like, she needs a fucking slap in the face right now, like, Jesus Christ, like, the shit she's saying is so, like, twisted and misconstrued that, like, she's, like, Obviously, she'll leave you in it from her position. She's not taking yeah. time to think about it. And, okay, sure, it's a highly emotional situation. Like, everything just got up, uprooted. But, like, take 30 seconds of your nine fucking hour drive to maybe look at it from a different angle.
0: Yeah. But, so after she slaps him, she demands him to unlock the doors. And she leaves and goes into the realtor's office.
1: No, she doesn't just slap him. She, like, straight she up She slaps him,
0: him and then punches him. Yeah, like, yeah. And then heads into the realtor's office.
1: We cut to Wendy entering the realtor's office and there's only one man in the office. Appears very empty. Yeah, and first. she's
0: calling for people multiple times.
1: And he's making the noises that are meant to lead us to believe that he is getting a blowjob. Uh, mm-hmm. It turns out he kind of is, but from a dog, because he slathered himself in peanut butter.
0: I mean, that that is the clear assumption here.
1: Yeah, no, that's 100% what, what the show's implying. Yeah. And he's he's like, uh, well, I was just... Um, it helps keep me awake
0: when the day is... Nothing's going on.
1: And she's like, I, I literally...
0: Don't give a fuck.
1: Yeah, she's a, she actually says it in a different way, and I actually like this. She's like, I could give a fuck. Yeah, I like, need a house. Yeah meet me outside i need a house
0: give her girl some water and yep. get your get mm-hmm. shit i need a house yep and then we got to the kids at the motel where we see charlotte sitting in a chair by the pool and jonah sitting on the steps of the empty pool
1: yep and charlotte stops housekeeping from going to the motel and she just tells them to leave the towels outside mm-hmm. the door um, we did min- miss a part earlier there are two teenage boys who work at the hotel yeah they were blowing leaves. L- blowing leaves during the breakfast scene and charlotte Yelled at one them. of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's all this scene. We see the housekeeper leave towels house at the door. Meanwhile, Marty is checking public records for mm-hmm. struggling businesses.
0: He's um, looking up property deeds, business loan, taxes, delinquent payments,
1: yep. and foreclosures,
0: all that fun stuff.
1: We then cut to him talking to a guy who owns a storage business um, that is delinquent on its property taxes and has several tenant lawsuits pending. Mm hmm. And, uh,
0: you know, he's willing to be an angel investor.
1: Yeah, he's trying to frame himself as an angel investor to everybody in this town. But all he ends up doing is is renting an overly expensive storage unit. And-
0: but, but we do learn how he does his angel investors thing here, which is he funds money to them mm-hmm. to invest. And he only wants to recoup his amount that he puts in. And then he's in charge of investments and the financials. And he'll take 25%.
1: Yeah, 25% going forward.
0: Going forward of what they invest. After he recoups his money,
1: I thought it was just twenty five percent profit after the investment. Was Maybe, re- yeah, was repaid. But I'm, anyways. That's the cur- That's like the setup for it. All he ends up doing in the scene though is renting an overly expensive storage container and everything inside the container. He it, it's yes. his responsibility too. And in this case, that includes a pontoon boat
0: that was modified to smuggle
1: drugs because apparently the local police rent storage sheds from this guy to store evidence. And
0: when it's not claimed. They default to him and he owns
1: it. Yep. And so Marty just got stuck with a pontoon boat.
0: Yes. The pontoon boat was modified to smuggle drugs by adding a hinge to the front of one of the pontoons. So the big floaty thing that it floats on. And then they put drugs inside of that.
1: Yep. So then we're back to sorting through public records. Marty is going through various documents looking for other businesses. Mm-hmm. We then cut back and forth between
0: him. Pitching to people and Wendy looking at house. Yep. And they're and both failing horribly. Neither
1: out. of them having any luck at all. Back at the pool at the motel, Charlotte and her brother are sitting at this empty pool.
0: And Charlotte is approached by the guys from earlier.
1: And she's also reading a James Patterson novel. I didn't see which one, but it is James Patterson. I like his books. I just have issues with some of the way he writes books.
0: He writes books, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So
0: the guy's just like talking about how the manager wanted to know if uh, they still had a Bible in their room.
1: And Charlotte kind of blows him off and she's, she essentially says, go away before I get you fired. And he's like,
0: like, I fucking wish you would. I hate this job. My dad made me get it so I could learn some lessons because he's a lawyer and we're here for like, we have a summer home here. Yeah. Which makes me question shit because she's still in school when they move here. So if this is their summer home, why is he already here?
1: Yeah. That was confusing to me too, because like this is framed up as if he's visiting for the summer, Mm -hmm. but school's already in session
0: which would imply they're either at the beginning of the school year or at the end but earlier in the first episode they framed it as if they were leaving like the middle of a semester
1: yeah this guy's name is wyatt by the way and he offers to have charlotte and jonah go with him and his brother three to go wakeboarding later yes and the brothers, after wyatt goes away the brother's like dad told us we have to stay here and charlotte's like yeah well fuck off
0: yeah so then we see Marty talking to a guy at a strip club. No, it's a titty bar. I I had a note. Let me finish it. Okay. We see Marty talking to a guy at a strip club or a gentleman club, as Marty goes to call it, or as the guy constantly states, a titty bar.
1: Yep. And again, he's trying to mark himself as an angel investor. And- you know,
0: you could do with some prettier girls. There's no reason why as the only uh, gentleman titty bar in the area that you can't have Better customers and be pulling into more money and have better dancers. Like,
1: there's no there's no reason that you're in debt right now when you're the only strip club titty bar in the area. Eventually, the bar owner is just like, Look, we both know what you're trying to do here. You're trying to launder money, and that's cool and all, but I want 25% of anything that you make.
0: Yeah, Marge's like, What? No. I like, yep. it's just like, don't bullshit me either. We come to an agreement or fucking leave.
1: Yep. So we don't really get a conclusion to that, but Wendy has then shown a super nice house.
0: It's lakefront. And it's under budget, actually.
1: And she's like, no well, she's she's shown the super nice house with lakefront and she's like there's no way i can afford this and the was yeah. like oh no it's actually under your budget and, and then we see
0: uh, an older man come around the side up like a nice older car and the realtor calls out to him and the guy calls back
1: yep and this guy has an oxygen tank and
0: yeah and what he just looks confused and we cut away from there and we see marty just sitting on a cliff eating his lunch and then he's Dropping some rocks and then he drops a big rock and is staring at the cliff.
1: He is obviously contemplating jumping off the cliff, contemplating killing himself. Yeah. We'll we'll come back to that later in the episode after we get to like two more climaxes and a normal ending point of an episode and then a a new start and a third climax. So we get uh,
0: to Charlotte. (laughs) And she's at the boat with Wyatt and Three. You you
1: didn't have to interrupt me. I was going to keep going about the climax. I know. I stopped you because
0: we need to continue. (laughs) Oh, you're right. We don't need so many climaxes and stuff in this episode of our review. So Charlotte's at the boat with Wyatt and Three. And they kind of just take off. Wyatt's going on more about how his dad's rich. And he doesn't want to be a lawyer like his dad wants him to.
1: He's like, yeah, I would have let you come in the house. My dad's in a mood. So glad you met, met me at the boat. And they take off in the boat.
0: And then we cut back to Jonah sitting in the room. Watching the documentary
1: on sharks. Man, sharks are so cool. Yeah,
0: and then all of a sudden he just grabs his shit and bells
1: like oh, no reason. Yeah, he turns the TV off. He jumps out of bed, grabs his book bag, stuffs the stuffs laptops and stuff a
0: tablet, a laptop
1: in his bag, and just leaves. And like I pa- I had a pause here and I was like not because I was trying to catch my notes but I paused here and I was like what just happened?
0: He just bell for no fucking reason. Like
1: did I miss something here? no i didn't but um so then we cut to wendy walking around that
0: night's nice house with the older man His name is buddy
1: yep and buddy, buddy is, wants to
0: stay in the basement
1: yeah buddy's offering the house on the single condition that he can stay in the basement until he dies mm-hmm. he's 82 and has a bad heart and there's no way he's gonna get a new heart because he's 82 years old yeah and he's so got
0: he, about a year to 18 months left yeah,
1: so he's got like 18 months left to live at max and that he's selling the house
0: under budget to reflect the fact that he has this weird writing clause on it.
1: Yep. He does then tell them that because she mentions she has two kids and one of them's a daughter and he's like, well, how old's your daughter? And it seems seems a little creepy at first and Wendy even like kind of notices the creepiness. Yeah, and
0: she looked at him weird. She's
1: like, 15, why? And he's like, oh, well, we're on a septic tank, not a sewer system. And so if she goes flushing her tampons down the toilet, you're paying for any
0: issues with the septic. And she's just like, why are you so blunt about this? And she's just like, I've had heart failure for over a year. I'm blunt. Deal with it.
1: I I got 18 months to live. You think I give a shit about feelings? Yeah. Like
0: you can't deal with it. Too bad. Go ahead and get out of here if you can. Go ahead and call the decider. And she's just like, "What the fuck do you mean the decider?" He's like, "Your husband, obviously." Yeah, because so he comes across as misogynistic. He is very very
1: obvious. He doesn't even call it tampon. He calls it a
0: period plug.
1: Yep. Yep. So then we cut to Jonah, and he's just out exploring the town goes dude, to an arcade dude. it's
0: it's a montage of charlotte on the lake and jonah walking around town an arcade uh, we and do get town.
1: a scene here where jonah out on like the shallow parts of like lake or creek or something meets a boy
0: nope that's later I'm this go, is literally just a montage
1: i'm gonna go ahead and stick it here because i can yeah. not take notes on that but it's all part of jonah's like exploring the town he meets a boy i had the guy's name tuck tucker yeah tuck no tuck his name is tucker they
0: don't have they never say an er on it he calls him tuck repeatedly
1: they do call him tucker at the end of the episode of the blue cat lodge his name is that's not what
0: jonah calls him that's not what jonah calls his friend jonah calls his friend tuck fuck off
1: anyways jonah meets tucker tuck and tucker is obviously on the spectrum Mm -hmm. and honestly jonah doesn't like seem to care which is cool like jonah's just like hey yeah cool yeah nice and then you.
0: tuck gives him a knife that's basically the interaction
1: i have to assume it's actually like a little deeper than that i think tuck is like oh hey somebody's treating me like a person well no jonah
0: talks about meeting tuck later and apparently they talked more than this we just don't see it oh okay we cut to charlotte on a boat with Wyatt, and a police boat passes and, and then the sirens light up
1: he, yeah the police boat does it you turn and
0: lights up and, and get... Wyatt slaps a life jacket on charlotte
1: and on himself but mm-hmm. like on charlotte tight ends up he's like is that tight enough and she's like for what and he just grabs her and throws her in front of the police. No,
0: boat. no, she goes, for what? And then she looks at the police boat and she's like, you don't fucking own this boat, do you?
1: Yeah, she realizes that it's stolen and then he grabs her and throws her in front of the police boat.
0: Yep, and then takes off his life jacket.
1: I just want to say, when you're moving at high speeds in a speedboat, people should not exit your boat from the back. Yeah, no. That, that's how manatees get hurt mm-hmm. and that's how people get killed because there's a propeller back there yeah. and it's so metal. Then, it's then we come to the police
0: station. And the sheriff is talking to Marty and Wendy.
1: Uh, He's not talking to them. He's trying to extort them for money.
0: I was getting there. And he's trying to make them pay for damages to a uh, boat propeller and for damages just in general.
1: Yeah. That Wyatt and his brother three caused when they stole the boat. Yeah. And
0: Marty's just like, she had no fucking idea that this boat wasn't theirs. And he's just like. "Mm." And he's
1: like, oh, you expect me to believe that your daughter actually thought he was the kid of some rich family? A
0: kid working a job at a motel.
1: And like, yeah, why not? Yeah, no, why not? Like
0: legitimately his excuse of my dad wanted me to learn responsibility yeah no that checks
1: no 100 percent. i worked with a kid at wendy's who like when i worked at wendy's between my freshman and sophomore year of college i worked with a kid there he was in high school and his family was super fucking well off they were like yeah plus i mean the money
0: even in this situation with charlotte he's trying to extort the birds because he knows they have money for a fact yeah but then he goes on to talk about how frugal they are for staying in the motel it's just like what's this i'm with a lot of money understanding the value of money and trying to instill that in his children yeah it's almost like that's the thing that you were saying is not believable.
1: yeah but like like i said i was working with a kid at wendy's and he had like a new mustang that his parents did buy him they yeah. paid insurance on it but like they didn't give him like an allowance or anything so if he wanted to like go do anything go to like extracurricular events go to like concerts or movies or something he had to make his own money because his parents weren't just paying for everything for him which understandable like yeah
0: no that's that's definitely the way to do it so but,
1: I, I could totally believe that a rich kid was stuck working at a shitty motel like a hundred percent
0: so marty goes to do his whole grandstanding and talking to people and she's like you know i think this is just run-of-the-mill laziness it's easier to go after a person with money and get it all settled and done with than go after some low life story that you're not going to recoup and, any of your money from
1: and wendy keeps trying to interrupt him here but like so yeah. the sheriff
0: gets offended by this because he's just like i've got it's a large amount of area to cover with only like so many officers eight, eight boats yeah, with eight boats blah 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 More
1: co- i got more coastline to cover than california and i only got mm-hmm. eight boats to do it yeah I and uh I, I honestly don't think the amount of coastline matters in that scenario it'd be the area of the lake that matters yeah, like
0: but whatever whatever though you can maximize perimeter without maximizing area it's possible it's yeah. mathematics we're gonna ignore it though it's also even easier to do when you aren't working with like a standardized shape <laughs> but so the sheriff gets offended, and then Wendy is just like cuts in, and she's just like
1: these Langmores.
0: because we learn that the Wyatt and Reed. three have a history. But you know, it's probably best the sheriff didn't get mixed up with their cousin Ruth. She's a genius at B E.
1: yeah, at breaking and entering expert. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, uh,
0: so Wendy then is just like these Langmores, Do they
1: historically vote? And sheriff? Oh, well, first she's, well, like, she's like, is sheriff? Is your position appointed or, or elected? Or is elected? like elected and he's like she, and Then she's like these langmores they historically vote
0: he's like mm, no
1: and she's like they pay taxes it's like no and she's like well we do both and he's like so what you don't live here and she's like
0: we're looking to buy a house they marty and wendy both stay at the same time well, with Mar- like slightly w- different structures Marty
1: says we're looking to buy a house and wendy says i just put a down payment down on the house yeah. and he kind of like looks at them and then picks up the phone, phone and
0: it's like run in the langmores uh white and three
1: yep and then marty's like and now about this Ruth, you have a picture of her just so we can get an idea of what she looks like so we can keep our kids mm-hmm. away. And we see Ruth and Ruth is the... Maid from earlier. Yep, the maid from earlier. So we cut to the hotel and Ruth obviously broke into their room while they yeah. were gone.
0: And money's gone. Yep. And so, Marty's fucking upset.
1: Yeah, reasonably so.
0: And Charlotte coming in clutch for once is like, I might know where they went.
1: They mentioned something, but I wouldn't know how to get there. So Marty then... We um, see
0: him acquiring a boat.
1: A boat a cooler with ice two coolers yeah two coolers um he buys buys some fish fish because
0: he's apparently going fishing and there's this other fun little interaction where the guy he's buying the boat and the coolers renting the boat yeah renting the boat and the coolers and the fish and then he sees another guy getting off a boat with like five fish and he looks like he's like 100 bucks the five fish and the guy he's renting the boat from to go fishing he's just like i I thought you were going fishing he's like just getting off to an early good start yeah
1: but like obviously he's taking the advice from the guy who ran the storage place because Mm -hmm. When the people that were smuggling drugs on the pontoon got caught, they didn't have any like coolers or fishing gear at all. Anything to like yeah. cover for No, them. they were just
0: like six tweakers on a boat.
1: Yeah. And Marty's like, cool. If a police boat stops me, they're going to just see a dude out here fishing. So he then takes his boat and he takes it out to what, what I assume is an island.
0: An island or like a hard to reach like peninsula area with like backroads or some shit getting there that they don't know.
1: Yep. And we see a boat docked here on the island, like just washed up on the shore. Mm. Not really docked. There's no dock here.
0: It's just kind of pulled up onto the land.
1: And Marty starts heading in the island, and there's this big, like, it looks kind of like a concession stands area. Like, yeah, like, like for a high school base. Pretty concrete area.
0: utilitarian, a slight, like, attempt at, like, architecture and design, but not really.
1: And Marty hears some people inside the building talking
0: about how that's a lot of fucking money.
1: Yep. And he goes, he walks in, and he's like, He's talking about how to split it up, what 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 they're going to do with the money. And then he's like, You're going to do nothing with the money. It's mine. You're going to give it back. Mm -hmm. And then he explains to them, you couldn't even fucking
0: use the money in any actual effect.
1: Anything you would actually want to do with the money would get flagged by, by the IRS and the FBI.
0: What you're looking at is just gas and grocery money for the rest of your life.
1: And like, there's five people in the room. There's the uncle. Mm-hmm. um the uncle's son yep Wyatt and three who are and nephews, Ruth and Ruth and he's like and Ruth's okay with that she's like sounds good to me like yeah and the others are like uh. and and then he's like well
0: also you would be getting on the bad side of Del Navarro Oscar Navarro Oscar Navarro, Oscar Navarro yeah. Del works for Oscar yeah, yeah. Oscar um, Navarro you know who he is and they're like no and one of the I think it's uh three starts googling on his phone
1: and he shows it to Wyatt and then shows it to the older Wyatt's brother like fuck yeah and so he's starts spinning. Like there's a guy named Dell. He's gonna be checking on me in a few months. And if I don't have this money, he's gonna know where it's at. Yeah, because so, this
0: isn't mine. It's his. And there's like there's no way it's his money. He's there's like, no
1: way a drug lord trusted you th- three million dollars. He's like you're right. They trust me with eight million dollars.
0: Ask her. there's five million more back in that room.
1: She left it there. And he's like, so you're gonna have to kill me if you if you want to keep it. Because if you don't, when Dell comes to town, I'll be like, yeah, the Langmores took your money.
0: And he's gonna have to come kill you. And so, then uh,
1: Ruth, you know, points well, out. At this point, Wyatt or Three is like, well, fuck that. I'm out. And one of yeah. them just, like, leaves.
0: Wyatt and Three both. Uh,
1: yeah. They just leave. So
0: they're in more, like, small-time crime joyriding and shit.
1: So, that leaves Ruth, Uncle Russ, and the older Langmore.
0: Yeah. And Ruth points out, you know, hey, it could be considered a good thing to kill Marty. After all, he's aiding and abetting the sale of drugs. Yeah. And then we can take this money and redistribute
1: it out. Think about all the children he's affecting. All the children he could affect in the future. And uh, Uncle, Uncle Russ is on board with this. Mm-hmm. And... He's like The don't... other
0: one's looking kind of tempted and uh, Marty's just like,
1: that's true. But which of you is the weak link? Because if you kill me... Wh- which one of
0: you spends, just spends their money, dates the trashy women or men?
1: And which one of you is going gonna to run through your part of the money before the others and then come crawl into you? And what and... are they
0: going to do? Ask you for your money and if you don't give it over, they'll tell the police?
1: They're Threatening to tell the police? Because... And then of course, you know, you'll have to kill them. So are you willing to kill your family? At this point, the, the older siblings like... Fuck it, yep. I'm out. And then as he's continuing, like,
0: and you know, it's not just there. That's all, of course, is doing that. Yeah, take the money, which means you have to kill me as well.
1: Yep. And he, and also, you know, Missouri does have the death penalty. Yeah. And that's actually when the older like, yeah. boy nope's out.
0: And then the uh, uncle nope's out like immediately after that.
1: Yeah. And Ruth's like, you know, I almost had him. Yep. I almost had him. We could, we could do this. And no, he, the, the uncle doesn't nope out yet. He's, he's like. Well, fine, you can have your money back, but we're taking a we're taking oh, a yeah. hundred thousand. And Marty's like No you're not. No, no, you're not. He's fifty thousand. Like, he's like, fifty thousand then. And no. Marty's like, No, are you stupid? Thirty thousand. He's like and Marty's still like, Look, if you take any of the money, Dell's gonna kill you. Yeah. Point my finger right at you and Dell's gonna yeah. come kill you. So
0: all. then he hesitates from him he's like, We're taking twenty K and Marty goes, No, and he's like, No, we're taking twenty K Otherwise this Navarro's gonna find out you're a very bad steward for his money.
1: Yep, and obviously this is to set up future plot lines where we had to deal with the Langmore family. Langmore's before.
0: feuding with the yeah because bird
1: like it's, then it becomes an issue that like when Dell does come to visit, mm-hmm. does he find out that the Langmores took twenty thousand? Because does
0: he somehow manage to recoup twenty thousand plus mm-hmm. what he has to launder?
1: Yep. So Charlie then takes the money and he takes it to the storage well, shed.
0: In the interaction where Ruth is just like, I almost had him. Mm-hmm. Just before she leaves, she's like, Why do I feel like both of us, for some reason, know it'd probably be better if you were just dead.
1: Yep, and then Charlie takes the money and he hides it in the storage shed that he purchased. Puts
0: it inside the smuggling portion of the pontoon boat, inside the storage shed, locks the storage shed.
1: Yep, Um, we cut to a truck crash, Mm -hmm. um, and there's a bunch of cops responding, a large crowd around.
0: It's taped off.
1: The truck was transporting something in barrels. It looked like oil. But one of the cops reaches down and picks up what looks like a jawbone Mm -hmm. with teeth in it still. It's
0: definitely Brucer the Hanson. The
1: teeth and jawbone, we find out, belong to Hanson Sr., the oldest member mm-hmm. of the Hanson Trunking Company.
0: We learned this because we immediately cut to the FBI agent from over
1: Yep. The special agent in charge from before. And he's in partner. a white
0: room. And they kind of just talk about that. And then that the fact that the special agent in charge is transferring to Missouri.
1: Yep. To, to continue his chase against Marty because he wants to mm-hmm. u- use this bust of the drug cartel to, to submit be- his career. Yep. And we then cut back to Marty and he's at the top of a cliff getting ready to jump. And then he's in bed. Yep. It's only a dream. He wakes mm-hmm. up kisses his sleeping children on the head but he does this he wakes up his son
0: yeah and jonah's just like where you're going he tells him to go back to sleep and jonah's just like i'm a new friend named tuck we talked apparently he works at the uh, blue cat lodge it sounds like your type of place nobody, nobody stays, stays there. there nobody eats there
1: nobody goes to the bar yeah and so he talks to he talks to his son jonah for a while mm-hmm. gets him to go back to sleep yep
0: and then as he's going he gets Wendy up
1: yeah and he takes her outside and he, he starts telling her that he's going to go kill himself. Um, he doesn't blatantly say it, but... Yeah, yeah. he's like, well, I'm going to go kill myself so you can get the insurance money for my life insurance.
0: Mm-hmm. You're going to take the kids. You're going to live off the credit cards until the life insurance comes in. It's a million dollar payout. Mm-hmm. You'll be fine after that. And you're going to uh, tell
1: Dale where his $8 million is once he gets that back. You'll send him a message at this email mm-hmm. address and this is all the information about where you can find his he money. Sh- he shouldn't bother
0: you once to get all his money back.
1: And she's like, you mean he won't kill us? And Marty's like, that's the plan yeah she spends this entire scene begging him not to kill himself but he's come to this yeah he's like in three hours
0: you're gonna call the sheriff and tell him i haven't been back yet i went to go hiking by sugarwood or something like that
1: on his way to the cliffs he calls bob the the private investigator Mm -hmm. from the first episode just to get some stats on how how often insurance companies deny payment on the suspicion of suicide yeah and Bob's like, well, you know, it really depends. They look at the time
0: surrounding you know, like, if you just suddenly quit your job. Suddenly
1: dissolved your business, business. And your bank. Liquidated if, all your funds. If your
0: wife has been cheating on you.
1: If you suddenly relocated a nine, hour, nine hours away from where you used to live. And, and all you,
0: Marty's kind of ignoring himself. Just like, just tell me what What, 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 the, what the
1: percentages? 80? 75? 75.
0: And then Bob's just like, I can't do it. I, I can't tell you.
1: And Marty's like, 50% is it less than 50% Bob and Bob's like look I can't I can't give you those numbers like I, I can't in good faith tell you
0: yeah Bob's just not gonna give the numbers
1: yeah. and as the call comes in Marty looks up and sees a sign for the blue cat lodge because mm-hmm. he's pulled over in a parking area outside the building and
0: then we cut to Wendy and we see her on the phone in the bathroom in the motel she, talking to the police
1: yeah and she's like and it's a good story right like she's mm-hmm. like he doesn't know the roads I'm just worried about him if you could like
0: we just check up on him like,
1: tr- try to check up on him and she has the email written up for Dell, and she just, just hasn't sent it yet. And, and just she, before she sends it, we
0: hear Jonah in the motel room like, hey, Dad, where have you been?
1: Yep. So she kind of, like, goes out, sees that he's still alive, sees that he's still there, and then locks herself in the bathroom while she cries. Mm-hmm. After confirming that she hasn't sent the email, because he asks her if she sent it. And yeah. then once back at the motel, Marty starts talking to Jonah about the Blue Cat Lodge. Yeah, he's just
0: like, tell me more about it.
1: Mm-hmm. We don't get much more in this scene. Then we do cut to the Blue Cat Lodge um, in the offices of the Blue Cat but Marty's talking to the owner.
0: And he's trying to sell her on letting him invest.
1: Yep, yeah, A woman, she appears to be in her, like, 30s.
0: Yeah, you know, it's the classic, I invest in the people, not the business.
1: Yeah, she's not interested because she says she's already heard this song and dance before. Yeah. And she knows how this plays out. And she already owes the bank money. She can't afford to owe him money. Yeah. And basically she does owe him money. The ploy
0: getting... is, you, you want to get me more in debt to you so that and when, the bank.
1: So that when I can't pay, you can you force, can force a... a sell,
0: recoup your money, and gain more. Mm-hmm. And I'll be fucking out of my ass.
1: Yep. And she basically kicks him out. Mm-hmm. So he goes out of his car and he's like, he's he's looking like he's gonna head home. And then he looks up at the bar, the Blue Cat Lodge bar, and he heads in there. And inside the Blue Cat Lodge bar, Tucker's working. Tucker's working. Um, and one of the there's two guys sitting at the bar drinking. And one of them masks for something, and Tucker can't can't do it right. And this is where we do get the ER on his name. He's the kid. He's like, yeah. yeah. What what are you? What are you, Tucker? A retard?
0: Yeah. I would like to establish this is a fat fuck redneck. Yeah, like both, classic. These guys, both these guys are fat and fuck rednecks. And I'm perfectly fine with saying fat fuck because I'm a fat fuck. And
1: also, I know a lot of rednecks. And Man, um, my be- my I hate these people. Our best friend used to live right next to a bar out in the middle of nowhere in the country. Yep. And these are the exact type of people who get there at noon and stay They'd there.
0: Stay there all fucking day, all the way into the night until they close.
1: And they're so drunk, they shouldn't be allowed anywhere near a car. But they hop in their trucks, their lifted up trucks. And drive home anyways. Yeah. Wow. Um, but anyways, um, Marty's like, hey, you can't use that word. You can't call him that. Like, And the guy's just like,
0: tell me what I can't say. And uh, Marty's like, yeah, I tell my kids they can't
1: say that word. And they seem to learn a it's lot faster than, than you
0: do. You. He got 20 fucking years on them.
1: And Marty continues to go off on this guy. And he's like, you're not just disrespecting him. You're disrespecting this entire well, establishment. Be-
0: before, he's kind of just going off on him about like being rude to Tucker. Yeah. But we see he notices the owner walking up towards the bar. Yeah, he's timed this so
1: that the confrontation happens as well, she gets in the bar.
0: That, the first part of the confrontation isn't affected by that. He doesn't see her. Yeah, no, he, he, he's generally just like, "Don't be a fucking dick." Yeah, he's generally. But being... he ties it into disrespecting the bar when he sees her coming. Yep,
1: up. and he starts using his superpower and like he asks the bartender how to hand him a picture from the wall because there's mm-hmm. all these pictures of people. Yeah, that been... he
0: just like uses the picture to be, like memories. This place is, like, a genuine place. It this, matters to the community and the people.
1: This place matters to the people that have been here. It ma- it's a place that makes memories, and you can't... So- you, you, sh- you shouldn't be... sodder yeah. solder sodden S-word that I'm looking for. You shouldn't be ruining those memories for people, um, just because you're a fat fuck. Like, yeah.
0: And this entire time he's talking to this guy, he never acknowledges that he realizes the owner is like, right behind him.
1: Yep. And the guy gets up in his face, and he's like... "We." we it kind of looks like Marty's gonna win just with words thing. Like Yeah. It, it looks like it's gonna be a... Are that happened? Reddit post. Mm-hmm. Everybody's gonna clap. Einstein was there
0: as he's talking, though. We also see the owner in the background, like, kind of seeming to agree with him and like and seems to be siding with Marty and like appreciating the way he's talking and his way of thought more. She then, seems more on board with and
1: him. And then Marty finishes by calling the redneck a fat fuck. Mm-hmm. And oh, wait, a cocks, a fat, a redneck, something cocksucker. Yeah. Um, and he gets decked, like, he gets fucking laid out.
0: Mm hmm. But we, we see, like, a kind of smile before he gets laid out from the owner.
1: Yep. Then we cut to Wendy, and she has taken the van and the kids to the new home, the one mm-hmm. with the old man that's dying. At Buddy's place. And Charlotte sees Buddy up in the window. And, and she's like, who
0: is he? What the fuck are we doing here?
1: Uh, yeah, she looks at her mom, and she's like, what the fuck are we doing? And Wendy looks at her daughter calmly and goes, your father is only money for a Mexican drug cartel. And, and, like, both the children just, like, jaw-drop stare at her, and she's like, well, they look kind of
0: confused, but also, like, they don't believe it, like
1: she's lying to them. And then She's just like, I, I shit, shit you not. not. And, she, and we end the episode. Well, then she goes, hi, Mr. Deeker, because his name is Buddy yeah. Deeker. And then the episode ends. Yeah. I, I shit you not. Hi, Buddy Deeker. Hi, uh, hi Mr. Deeker. Yeah. Fantastic in to that episode. True. I, I wish that it had that we hadn't had the hi, Mr. Deeker line. I wish the episode had ended at she, and she was like, I, I shit, shit you, you not. not. Yeah. That would have been so good. Anyways, final takes. Do you want me to hit it first or do you want to hit it?
0: I can. So okay. this show, definitely, episode two, carries out with the cinematography just as well it's fucking great i didn't mention it before in the last thoughts but i wasn't super compelled by the plot that the show set up in the beginning you said you were kind of interested in the breadcrumbs i wasn't because they felt very generic and like not very fleshed out
1: so you know i have a thing for heist shows and heist yes. ideas like white collar money heist
0: you like crime suspense things more
1: yeah I, I, well more crime I just, and legal business. i just like thriller stuff and crime dramas fit in that thriller stuff like and then i also have a thing for sports anime. those are like my big thing
0: you like a lot of crime thrillers i like a lot of suspense thrillers like more psychological thriller you like more crime based
1: yeah that seems fair um so the show was obviously like dropping the seeds that breaking bad dropped that were like hey you should follow yeah, yeah. This.
0: I, I just wasn't super interested like nothing particularly caught me off guard i didn't think it was bad just none of the plot things particularly caught me yep however introducing the langmores i think adds a much more compelling plot element because it actually feels like there's more going on here because up until that point it was really just okay guy is involved in drug cartel and obviously we have fbi involved basically not a lot going on there in my yep. opinion. but then we add the uh, also other classic rival um criminal organization at some point of some level but doing that because we didn't get a lot with the fbi at all in the first episode it was very very it was very just here's guy with problem he needs to make money yep now it's here's a guy with a problem he needs to make a fuck ton of money the fbi are on to him and he has to deal with the local crime, so as well, who are already off to a bad start.
1: So I do want to say one one great also thing.
0: all family drama. I
1: do want to say one great thing about episode one. Um, first, I have, to, I have to like reference some, I have to reference like '90s and '80s movies. In the '80s and '90s, there was this trend of movies where it was rich person has problems, they need more money. Like that was an entire genre of movies, and this show could have been that. This show could have been rich person has has problems, needs more money. But in the first episode. Marty goes from being rich to like being richer, technically. Oh no, he's not richer. He has eight million dollars, but he can't do shit with that. I said technically. Yeah, like he has twenty thousand dollars his name, and that's it. So he's in a terrible position. So I like that it, it goes from being a, a, show, a show that could have been about rich people having problems where they need more money to being a show where it's legitimately not about how rich this family is. Sorry for interrupting. Oh no, I was done. Oh, okay, um for me. The second episode is really good. It, like you said, the secondary criminal element of the Lamor family is very is very strong and like lends itself to future conflicts and future mm-hmm. storytelling. But for me, the show always feels like it's further along in the episode than it is. And I mentioned this at the end of the first episode, which gives the illusion that each episode lasts way longer than 50 minutes. And I'd say about an hour and a half. Part of yeah, part of that is because of how densely packed each episode is. Like there is no dead scenes. Like
0: well, yeah, obviously. What's our time at?
1: An hour and 43 minutes. Yeah. And yeah, but like there's no... Point in
0: case we reviewed it and it's almost as long as the episode.
1: There's like two dead scenes in the entire second episode and they're both less than 30 seconds long. Yeah. And one of them is important because it lends lends to the idea that Marty is actually like fantasizing about killing himself. That's Mm -hmm. the dream sequence. And the other is the first scene at the pool, which is a little unnecessary, but then becomes completely necessary when we find out about Ruth yeah arguably
0: there's a third one and it's also when he's just eating his lunch at the cliffside but then and, but then that still builds and then it still the builds to state. that like you have moments that feel dead but they tie in later which is a great way to do it. you it's nice to have scenes because every show ever has almost hey, always had unimportant scenes that you could hey, just do without
1: hey, you remember my issue with swamp thing yeah this show is the exact opposite of that okay yeah. my, my biggest issue with swamp thing was all the scenes that didn't feel like they needed to exist and this show is like every scene actually matters and i'm like cool Downside, I can't look at my phone, but
0: cool. Arguably, the only thing here that doesn't matter would be, like, the montage of Charlotte enjoying her time on the boat. Yeah. And, and Jonah in the arcade.
1: Yeah. those. was... But, okay.
0: arguably, it shows characterization of them. Like, she's more social. It also She shows enjoys doing this stuff. And Jonah is more...
1: Introspective.
0: Introspective. Well, I was going to say insular. That's fair, too. And plays games and shit.
1: But, at the same time, it also... Like, those scenes are also important because they lend the idea of time.
0: And they expand the like setting of the show
1: the more i talk about this show the more i realize i actually like it no no the show was good like <laughs> like the, so, yeah no the show was good and like i would have never like went lower than a six and a half out of ten but the more i talk about the show the more i realize i legitimately like everything the show is doing the show's like an eight yeah the show's an eight eight and a half um my my biggest issue is like i said how long the episodes feel and the bucking of traditional st- story structure which is also lends to the episodes feeling longer but i think outside of reviewing that actually is a good thing i do think it makes binging it hard agreed and i think i don't think that's a bad thing yeah i don't i was gonna say i don't think that's a necessarily bad thing like binging has just become stereotypical of our time and viewing formats well i my memory is terrible so this could just be me but i hate when i binge shows especially when i binge shows that aren't done because like i binge through outer banks i love outer banks so much but when outer Banks season two finally does get ready to come out I'm going to have to rewatch all of season one. Because my brain is just isn't there for that.
0: Yeah, you didn't take the time to sit, let it foam it, and cement itself in your brain.
1: Um, I think Ozarks is done. Ozark is done. I'm not yes, yes, sure. Yes, yes,
0: it has wrapped up.
1: Okay, so... Pretty sure. This means a little less for that. But I think we've gotten too into the idea of shows need to be bingeable. Like, shows come out week by week. Like, I remember when The Boys season two came out. The internet was pissed. Because, like, there were so many people that were like, why couldn't they just drop the whole season at once? And the thing is... I don't think the boys benefited that much from not dropping the whole season at once. Yeah. But shows like WandaVision would not have had like the cult like build that they had if they didn't do it week by week.
0: No, there's an upside to doing it week by week. Like for the in the instance of WandaVision giving it that week means you have these people dissecting and breaking it down and talking about all the possibilities. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have it dropped all at once, you don't have that conversation and buzz around your show, which means you're losing that news and spreading of your show
1: so because the show's over and obviously it was netflix so they were dropping whole seasons at once assumedly assumedly i don't think that matters as much but i do think it still like matters in the context of your friend group like if you and your friends want to start ozarks ozark god i want to add that s every time (laughs) right you can watch it episode by episode and talk about the individual episodes and what's going on because watching more than two or three of these episodes at once is going to be mind-breaking like mentally taxing uh, it's yeah um other than that well, other than it's
0: overly complicated there's just so much going on at once yeah
1: other than that other than the storytelling thing other than the episode length i enjoy the show and i can't nail down the reason why i feel this way but there's something about this show that rings to me of the major hits that fx put out in the previous decade like there's something about this show that like rings to me like it has a nip tuck vibe like a little bit of breaking bad vibe some sons of anarchy vibe in there like it has an fx feel with a different take on storytelling, And I don't know why I feel that vibe, but it's there for me. Um, but it's told with a different story structure, and obviously in, in, in a style that lends itself to this new era of media consumption versus the old era.
0: Yeah, but yeah, Show's definitely worth watching more.
1: hundred percent. Like I said, I the more I talk about the show, the more I realized I liked it. I needed, I guess, I needed the time to like sit on it because finish. Every when I finished the first episode, I was like, I hey, mean, this felt like this felt See, like a slog. Point,
0: point in case: bingeing shows. Kind of bad sometimes, letting it sit on your brain and even you think about the show. Can be good and positive for the show.
1: Yep, but I think that's all I have to say on this. How about yourself?
0: I mean, I think I covered all my stuff. I really enjoy the cinematography. I'm not super engaged by the plot in the beginning
1: of episode one,
0: but by episode two, the plot is there. I'm down for it. The cinematography stays strong throughout it.
1: And we're both right in that eight, eight and a half <clears throat> wheelhouse. Totally.
0: Sure. It's really well done.
1: So if... Anything we've said about the show sounds good to you, sounds like something you'd be interested in, I would suggest looking into it. It's on Netflix. It's all there. Assumedly, it won't go away because Netflix owns it. Anyways, we want to thank you for flying with us today. If you want to get in contact with us, you can reach us on Twitter at Copilots Review.
0: You can email us at CopilotsReview at gmail.com.
1: Or you can find links to both of those, as well as our Discord at copilotsreview.simplecast.com.
0: Also, if you have the time, or even if you don't, preferably...
1: Like, stop by
0: iTunes or wherever else you're listening to us and leave a review.
1: And a rating. I don't want to, like, beg for reviews and ratings, but if you enjoy what we do at all, there's a chance somebody else enjoy would enjoy this. And those reviews and ratings are what suggest to iTunes or Podcast Addict or Stitcher or Deezer or Breaker or whatever. That,
0: that other people would enjoy it, so they push it up their feed more and promote it more.
1: Yep, so... That's all we have.
0: So, uh, you know, thank you for flying with us and please fly again soon.